Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, folks, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's podcast, we welcome special guest, Tony DiMatteo, CEO and founder of Lottery.com. Lottery.com is a leading online platform to play the lottery from your mobile device, offering official state-sanctioned games like Powerball and Mega Millions in the U.S. and around the world. On the podcast, Tony discusses his journey as an entrepreneur and the idea behind the founding of Lottery.com, how they were able to acquire their web domain, which was worth as much as $10 million, the macro thesis behind the company, including the online penetration opportunity for lotteries globally, key details on their merger with SPAC, Trident acquisitions, and future growth opportunities as a public company, tips from an insider on the most attractive lottery games for people looking to win, and more. So with no further ado, Here's our show with Tony DiMatteo, CEO and founder of Lottery.com. All right, we are live with Tony from Lottery.com. Excited to get into a few things today. Specifically, if you have any tips on winning the lottery, I'd be glad to hear those. But prior to getting into that, just wanted to touch on your background quickly, classify you as a serial entrepreneur behind a number of startups that you co-founded. Prior to Lottery.com, there's Bay Area Mobile Fusion, Glimpseable. Do you want to walk us through your journey as an entrepreneur and talk about Ultimately, what led to the founding of Lottery.com? And specifically, how did you get that domain? It seems like eh, that one would be fairly pricey. Lottery.com, that's, sure. uh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And then thank you for having me. Um, you know, so I'll say uh, my story is, uh, you know, I, I, I was born in Denver when I was 15, moved out to Northern California. Um, and, and, you know, I'll say I barely graduated high school. I'm just not a good student in any type of uh, formal structure, no no college. Uh, I moved to San Francisco when I think I was uh, about 19. This is about 1998. Got into tech very early and just tried to soak up and absorb as much you know knowledge and information that I possibly could. So um, you know, I, I I was an IT guy by by training, and I and I um, you know still get called on by my parents and family to help them fix their stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was. I really was just an entrepreneur. I, I think of myself as sort of a, a perpetual entrepreneur. You know, I don't, I don't mind failing, and I just see any any failure as a you know a chance to learn about how to not do that again. And, right. Um, you know, I can I can write a book about how to not build companies because I've 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 made all the mistakes I think you possibly can, uh, which I think has helped you know lottery be successful. Right. Um, and just to avoid those, uh, and so you know I've uh, even you know I, I've had more I, I i don't even rise to the level of startups just projects that i've you know tried to launch see if it works see if it doesn't does anybody care about this um then you know i can uh, even count uh but you know I'll, I'll say um after doing that for a while i met my co-founder probably about eight years ago matt, matt clementson who's, who's also brilliant um at the time i was running a tech company he was running a different company uh and we met over coffee and we just started talking and uh you know, we realized like, look, we should just build things together on the side, um, you know, and, and see what happens. And we had a thesis, which is that 
you know, we should build things that should exist or that are inevitable to exist. Things that are just going to happen at some point. And we just, uh, the idea was we should just be the, the, the guys to go and build that. Um, and so that's what we did. And we self-incubated uh, probably four or five projects um, in, in completely different spaces. We got a couple patents actually on some very cool Wi-Fi tech. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the thing that these things were moving along, but uh, the, the real, obviously the thing that took off was, was lottery. And, you know, the idea started as auto lotto. Um, and it was simply as, you know, can, can we, is there a way to let people play the lottery from their phone in a, a legal and compliant way? Right. Uh, and we, we found that mechanism as a, as a courier service, sort of, if you think about us, as like a DoorDash or an Uber Eats, mm-hmm. um, where we just so we get the product for you and we bring it to you and we manage that whole process. That's effectively what we did. And we very quickly learned that the, the way to be successful in, in the long term is that we cannot be a disruptive force in the industry. Um, you know, we, we can't go with the Silicon Valley playbook, which is to, you know, go into a state or a country and get as much market share as we possibly can and then fight all of those legal battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that wouldn't be successful because the, from the state's perspective, it's their game. You know, they, they run the lottery, they own that. And so we looked to just become additive to that and help them go online. Uh, and that's been, you know, really, the I think, the key to our success. Uh, and then as, as far as the, the domain, uh, it was interesting. We, you know, <clears throat> again, we started as Auto Lotto. Uh, and in, in 2017, we were raising our Series A. Uh, we got a new investor and, and he said, hey, you know, uh, I, I know the owner of Lottery.com. Uh, and so I, I flew out to meet the owner of Lottery.com. It turned out that he had bought the domain in 2006, I believe, for north of $10 million. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, he had uh, his initial intention was that, you know, he was going to do what we're doing now. And then he obviously realized like that's very difficult, especially if you can think back to 2006, how, how tough that might be. And so he sort of sat on the domain for uh, about 10 years. So we met him in 2017. I just laid out our vision uh, for him, which was that like we intend to be the synonymous name for all things lottery. Like our, our goal is to be a, a global marketplace for all types of games of chance, not just lottery, but for anything, whether that's sports betting or casino or slots, et cetera, uh, charitable sweepstakes uh, and on and on. And so, well, to cut to the chase, you know, he, uh, he ended up investing cash into our Series A, and then he contributed the domain on top of that. And so that's how we got uh, Lottery.com. And so before we get into a bit more about some of the regulatory and and other sides of, of your business, can you, can you give us a little bit of background on some of the technology infrastructure that's required for you to deliver lotteries online? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, uh, again, we're... We're uh, at the moment, our core business is as a courier service. So, uh, you know, when you are on our app uh, or the website, it looks and feels like you're buying a, let's say, a Powerball ticket on our platform. What's actually happening is you're, you are placing an order for us to go buy a ticket on your behalf. And then we manage the interest of that ticket for you, meaning we uh, acquire the ticket. You know, we, we check the numbers, we redeem the winnings, and then we credit your account. And the way that what that looks like on the back end, is that we have obtained lottery licenses in the states that we operate in. We have a secure facility where we have, you know, banks and, and rows of, of terminals to act, print out actual physical paper tickets. Uh, and that's just required by law in almost every state. Uh, and then we scan that ticket back into our system. And with OCR, we can say, here's the numbers that were printed. Here's the numbers that were 
or excuse me, here's the numbers that were ordered, here's the numbers that were actually printed, and do those match. Uh, and if they do match, then that's a, a good ticket. And then we can securely store those so that nobody can tamper with any of that until well after the drop. And so that's the, the core of it. Uh, everything is, is built in the cloud, like we leverage AWS and all sort of modern technologies, but it's it's that's a fairly simple uh, explanation, if that makes sense. For, I, I'm happy to dive deeper if, if, if you have questions around that. I wanted to get into the macro thesis behind the business. Now, the global lottery market, fairly massive, $400 billion. <clears throat> so from a top-down perspective, why is this an attractive market for a new entrant? And the other question that I had was, why is online penetration so low? I noticed that is sub-7%. Right. So, you know, the it is, it is a tremendously huge market, um, which is one of the reasons why we really sort of stopped all of our previous projects and focused on this one. It's because this, you know, uh, represents the, the biggest opportunity that we could ever have. Uh, it, it is literally one of the biggest markets on the planet. And so that, that's why we started to focus here. The reason why it hasn't gone online is, uh, I'll say from a, a stage perspective, if something's not broke, they don't tend to go and fix that thing. Right. Uh, and while from a capitalistic side, you can say, like, obviously, lottery has to go online eventually, but, you know, it's just in the U.S., it's around $80 billion a year, and the, and the states are very happy with the way that things have worked um, previously. The, the real inflection point for us and for the industry was when COVID happened. Uh, and so you can imagine that, you know, they, the state lotteries, uh, for the most part, are dependent on those retail sales. I mean, you walk in with paper money, you walk out with a paper ticket. Yeah. And if there's a quarantine and that can't happen, then they have lost a tremendous amount of revenue as soon as that, that started. That was sort of a black swan event that nobody really accounted for. But now that that has happened and you can see in just sort of uh, how many states we've opened up, you know, it took us about five years to open up four states. With, and in, you know, 2020 and 2021, we've opened up another eight. Um, and that, that really sort of changed the conversation and the mindset of these states to actually go online. And so, you know, now that they've sort of seen like, okay, they must go online. The question is how to get there. They can either do that internally or they can, you know, allow us to come into to their state and, and operate as a, as a courier. For a state to go online themselves internally, it, one, they have to you know, figure out the political landscape and fight those political battles internally as a state. If then it does get approved to have their own sort of eye lottery, uh, at that point, then they have to, and by the way, just the first step can take a couple years to get done um, as, as historically. Uh, then they have to sort of put out an RFP where they, you know, um, open it up to see who might fill that contract. That can take another 18 months. And then, um, you know, once that's approved and they've actually chosen someone, then it's some amount of months to actually go and deliver on that product. So it's a very long cycle uh, for a state to, to go online themselves. Whereas what our value proposition to the states is, is that we will come in, we will operate, and we will give you our you know legal opinion of, of how and why we are legally allowed to operate in your state. You don't have to change any laws or regulations. This is how we operate, and we can conform to your particulars of, of how that happens. Uh, and then And then we can go. And so it's, we are here to sell the state's product for them for free, reach a new demographic that they haven't been able to reach before, um, which obviously younger folks, they, one, they don't carry cash and they don't go to the store as much. Um, and so that's a very attractive value prop for the states to allow us to come in.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest-growing alternative investment solution providers, with a suite of institutional-caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Are you seeing similar similar demand and interest in lotteries, and I guess in particular interest in lotteries online internationally? As as you are you seeing similar <laughs> patterns internationally as the U.S. and and if so, I guess. Where where are you seeing the the majority of that interest internationally? Sure. So well, I'll say absolutely. One a, uh, a a U.S. game like a like a Powerball has a, a tremendous reach internationally. It is known, I will say, as sort of the the biggest and and uh, you know most most trustworthy uh, game with the highest jackpots globally. Everybody knows the the, the name Powerball, um, and so there's absolutely that demand. And if you look again at the sort of the, the TAM, 80 billion of that 400 million is in the US, North America, the rest 320 billion is outside of the US. So we know that there's a, a huge demand there. And it's it's really a, a universal game is people either play sort of every week, you know, um, going forward, they have their lucky numbers, and they want to play that or they play when it's uh, occasionally when the jackpot's very high. But like, we're, we're very well aware that, you know, Powerball as a as a name and as a brand and other U.S. games are very attractive to other parts of uh, of the world and in some cases uh, in some countries they actually trust a U.S. game more than they trust their local game hmm. uh, to actually be paid out and to to win to make sure that they actually are you know, receive those winnings if that makes sense. Right. Oh, that totally makes sense. And Tony, I'm sure you got the inside scoop. Can you fill us in on what games have the highest probability? Like, where can we make money here? And, and conversely, which are the ones should we stay away from? Like, which have the worst odds out there? Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting. It's um, the the question of the the lever of you know odds versus profit is um, uh, you know if you're playing a game like Powerball, the the way that I see it is that's a game of entertainment. Right. You know, it's it's like I you know I do a quick pick which. In the U.S., about I think seventy percent of people just do a quick pick. They just want some numbers and they, they want a chance to win, um, and they have you know a couple of days of uh, you know, imagining potentially what their life might be like if they actually win that. <laughs> yeah, just a um, fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But that you know that's entertainment. It's it's one of the cheapest forms of entertainment. You know, for two dollars, is you can have a couple of days of of, uh, of fun there. For sure. Um, but uh, you know, I'll say. Daily games, like in Texas, the the games that are played three or four times a day with those, those are, I think, probably the best odds that you're going to get. But they're obviously not going to be the uh, highest payouts. Like uh, the the way that I see it is, obviously, we we are a tech company, we're a gaming company, but really we are an entertainment company, mm-hmm. um, and we just want to deliver that to people, uh, you know, and obviously mitigate any type of uh, you know problematic uh, gaming behavior that we can. I was checking out your investor presentation that you have on your website, just going through all the data. You provide a ton of good data for investors, potential investors. One thing I did notice that stuck out to me was your revenue forecast. Forecasting five-year revenue compound annual growth rate of over 160%, which is obviously significantly higher than the growth of the market. 
and forecasting north of $1 billion in revenue by 2025. What's really going to drive this way above market growth? Sure. Um, so one, I think the, the if you if you think about us in a uh, either online casino or sports betting space, is that um, most of that activity has already moved online. Uh, you know, and sort of if you uh, again look at the deck, is you know the, the overall market share that transition from being offline to online has already happened. And with us, as as we have a very small amount of just globally, you know sub 7% of all lottery tickets being sold online, and it's much less than that in the US. And so that's really our opportunity is, so one is geographic expansion. As we move you know, state by state and enter in more states, but also other countries, um, that will drive that revenue as we go forward. We have, we're, I think we're, we're very blessed because of the name of lottery.com is that we have a very tiny cost per acquisition is we acquire a user at about $4, hmm. uh, domestically and internationally, it's, it's right around there. Uh, and so that allows us to then have that user, which are, are very sticky. They stay with us for a long time and then expose them to other types of either games of chance or other value added services and products as we go along. Um, and so that's really our goal is so you'll see us over the next couple of years do a tremendous amount of geographic expansion. Again, if you, you know, calling back to the idea of being a global marketplace for all types of games of chance. Uh, we want to be everywhere. So when you open up our app or our website, is we want to check your location, verify your identity and age, and then allow you to play whatever types of games of chance you're legally allowed to do at that moment in time. Um, and then you, I think you'll also see a, a quite a bit of, you know, partnerships and and M and A. We've worked really hard to to build a uh, a B two B API that allows any e commerce company to sell our products. It's a you know typically as an upsell. <clears throat> whether they're a gaming company or not. Uh, meaning if you just you know have a website that just sells t-shirts or widgets, is you can now add a lottery ticket to, to that, and we have the compliance to do that. Um, so that's how we get there, is geographic expansion, but also really, you know, we've, we've created a, a really good, you know, funnel to acquire users at $4 or below. And so as we pour more money into that funnel, we can increase our market share in every jurisdiction over Now, comparing to some of your online betting peers, such as DraftKings and Golden Nugget, would your customer acquisition cost be significantly lower? And if so, you know, besides the branding, is there any sort of secret sauce that would drive that? So um, I'll say, if you if you look at sports betting, uh, you know, you're and, and also just sort of online casino, you're looking at a cost per acquisition. I'll say conservatively of over two hundred dollars to acquire a user. Oh wow! Um, and we have, again, we have a you know a, a CPA of, a, of around four dollars. Uh, and now it's not to say that every lottery player is a uh, you know a sports better or a, you know somebody who wants to uh, play casino games, but there is an overlap there. Um, and so if we can acquire those users at four dollars and then expose them to again either just just value added services or other types of games of chance. That's very attractive, I think, to um, any sports uh, or, well, say, any gaming operator in the space that can, you know, help that conversion. If we can just half their uh, CPA, that's a huge win for them. Uh, and again, this is a lottery is a universal game. You know, almost everybody plays this game at some point in their life, and so that's just our goal is to just acquire users and uh, help retain them. You know, uh, keep that trust that we built with them over time. Uh, and then sort of move forward from there. 
And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers. With a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance, the Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF, symbol 1C, ONEC on the TSX, is Canada's first alternatives portfolio solution, providing exposure to six alternative asset classes, 10 alternative strategies in one easy to use, one choice ETF that charges a management fee of just 0.2%. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF trades under the symbol 1CONEC on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. And another aspect of your business that I guess a little a little bit smaller uh, at this point at least, but al- but also very high margin um, on a gross margin basis is the data subscriptions to di- digital publishers such as Amazon and Google that that you're able to provide. Can you provide a little bit more detail on on what sort of data this would be and and how that would work for for the publishers? Sure. So you know if you ask. Alexa, right now, uh, you know, what's the Powerball numbers or what's the jackpot or, you know, when's the next drawing, she'll tell you. And that's all powered by us. Uh, and so that's, that's you know, without a, a additional skill installed. Um, and so that's a great thing for us. And so we, we have about 15 years worth of data for all lottery uh, that has happened. You know, I think we have we cover, I believe, 600 games in about 45 countries. Uh, and so all of that data is very useful for people who just want to either check the results, which we obviously, if you're a digital publisher, like let's say a Gannett, which is one of our partners, um, you know, and you want to go see, did my, did my, did the, if I have a, a paper ticket in my hand and I want to go see the results, then Gannett can deliver that. And then we have a call to action to convert you to a lottery.com user. That's a, a very high margin product for us because we have that data and it's just always accumulating every day. Um, and so that's very simple for us to do. Uh, but all of that is a really a funnel to eventually, you know, uh, turn that that uh, offline user into an online user for us. That's why we made that acquisition back in 2008. One thing I wanted to touch on is the live SPAC merger. You guys are going public through Trident Acquisition, symbol TDAC. I was wondering, how did this deal specifically come about? Was it inbound? Were you guys specifically seeking to go public via a SPAC or were you looking at other strategic alternatives? That's a great question. You know, so um, at the time, if you think back Q3, Q4 of last year, is, um, we were looking to raise our, our Series B actually. And we, we talked with uh, quite a few comp- uh, firms like uh, GA and, and Warburg, et cetera, to do a private Series B. Uh, and uh, we were introduced by a sort of a, a mutual advisor between us and, and Trident about going public through a through a SPAC, and um, we had been approached previously by by several SPACs uh, in, in the last couple of years. None of them sort of gave us the confidence to go forward with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've always believed that you know the the destiny of Lottery.com is that we should be a public company. Uh, because we do have this incredible brand and, and, and you know very strong position in everything that we do, and so we did our diligence on Trident. They did it on us, and we realized like this is the actual the best possible team to go forward on. Uh, and so it it, it was really uh, I would say very harmonious. Is that this was the best decision that we could do um, going forward? Is I knew we would be public eventually, uh, and you know with with this team is like uh, I realized this is the actual best time to do this. 
And so once you're completing this deal up and trading as a newly minted public entity, ultimately, what are you looking to achieve outside of obviously you're seeking capital? But do you think it elevates the growth rate being public instead of private? Like what are some of the positives and negatives with respect to, you know, flipping to the public markets at this point? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think, um, again, I, I would say our, our, our brand as lottery.com is one of our best assets, if not the best asset. Uh, I would say that there's a tremendous amount of, if you think globally, of gaming operators in, in various spaces, whether that's sport betting or, or casino sweepstakes, et cetera, that have uh, very strong revenue, very strong EBITDA, uh, that operate in some country. And their issue is that they may be doing very, very well, but they uh, either they don't have any exchange in their company or in their country, or they have a very small exchange. Mm -hmm. And so, by doing an M&A transaction with them, is that we can help accelerate them, give them a better brand than they have right now, and then also give them the liquidity of being in a Nasdaq listed company. Um, and so, I, I think you'll see quite a bit of that happening over the next 12 to 18 months. So, there are some significant. M&A opportunities, roll-up opportunities on your radar? Yes, there is. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't get into details, obviously. But, oh, for sure. Um, I would say we're, we'll have some significant announcements uh, that, that we'll be able to release in the next couple of weeks, I believe. Uh, but that is really the plan is to, um, you know, just, again, back to the Amazon of lottery or just a global marketplace for all types of gains of chance is that we, uh, we believe we have the, we have the right brand. And we just want to cast a very wide net, have a very large umbrella to onboard all of these other types of gaming operators around the world to ultimately all you know, flow up to us. No, that certainly is a key competitive advantage versus private companies is now you'll have right. public liquid paper in which to conduct a consolidation strategy. That being said, exactly. you do have a number of high-profile peers that are publicly traded in the sports betting sweepstakes, uh, online betting market. <laughs> I was wondering, how is Lottery.com going to stand out amidst some of these super high-profile peers? And, like, and you know, why should an, an investor consider Lottery.com versus you know, some of the very well-known ones, DraftKings, Golden <clears throat> Nugget, et cetera, et cetera? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I would say um, we are... Uh, <clears throat> We're very much in the beginning. Again, if you if you think back to what I said previously about the the natural progression of taking something that is offline to online. So if you look at you know sports betting, a uh, most of that has already gone online. Right. Uh, you know, I, it's that is that that it, that that market is mostly settled, right? And there will be winners and, and losers there, but that's that's pretty much done. Whereas we, as sort of the first public company to, to do this type of transaction and to be in this, this business, is that really we have a tremendous amount of blue ocean ahead of us. Um, and it's really just a question of execution. And can we continue to acquire users and enter into more geographies than we're in now? And I, you know, I firmly believe that we can do that. Um, and so the, uh, from an investor perspective, the upside is that you know, we, we are a company that uh, is very lean, um, that has a huge total addressable market, and we have a very low cost per acquisition. And really, all we need to do is keep executing, uh, you know, along the, the the plans that we've already laid out. 
Uh, and, and if we do that, and I think we will, then we'll be very, very successful. So that, that's really it. It's, it's fairly simple. I mean, if you can attain the five-year revenue CAGR of over 160%, I'm sure investors will likely be pleased with those results. And looking through your materials, I see that you guys are up to something in the blockchain space as well. Can you quickly talk about that and what you guys are up to there? Uh, absolutely. Um, just real quick, I wanted to say that the, the CAGR projections that we have in the presentation, those are actually lower than the CAGRs that we have seen in the last couple of years. Hmm. Uh, so it's Excuse me. It's it's all built off of real data that we've already seen, and we know that we can get there in a, even a conservative manner. Uh, but in, in terms of blockchain, you know, I believe that blockchain is the future of all games of chance. And the reason for that is, if you have a you know a, a ledger that is distributed and publicly available, is that you no longer have to, as a consumer or a player, you don't have to trust the house necessarily. You don't have to trust the slot machine because you can trust the technology that, you know, that, that whatever the outcome is of that game or that play is that it is legitimate. And whoever is, you know, if somebody won, they are actually getting paid out. And so that is, the, again, if you think what what is eventual to happen, what is going to happen no matter what, uh, I believe that that's what's going to happen. And so currently, like we use the chain right now. Uh, to just validate every transaction that goes on on our system. So we tie the user ID and the numbers and the transaction time, et cetera, to, to that ticket, to that purchase, and then you know we go on from there. The, the evolution of that platform is really to be able to run and operate our own games uh, under international licensing, where we can have a either you know, weekly or semi-weekly or even daily game or instant game uh, completely done on our platform where you can play either with fiat or crypto mm -hmm. uh, and you know know that if you want you definitely want and uh, there's no question about the legitimacy of the game uh, and so that's that's the natural evolution of of all gaming in my opinion it must go on blockchain and we want just want to be the ones that help shepherd that through it reminds me of that old blockchain game satoshi dice which was uh, interesting, but perhaps before it's time, just given, I'm sure, the complex web of regulatory issues when pursuing a strategy such as that. But totally understandable That's from right. a long-term perspective. It definitely makes sense to the extent investors are interested. Uh, Trident stock trading under the symbol TDACTDAC. And once Lottery.com wraps up this merger, you guys will be trading under the symbol LTRY. So, Tony, I'd like to thank you for coming on the Absolute Return podcast today. Thank you for sharing your insights, tips for us on winning the lottery. Uh, always appreciated. <laughs> and if you could send over some uh, free Powerballs, we'd be more than happy to take a look at those. <laughs> you got it. I'll tell you what, um, it, we'll, we'll have to figure it out. But uh, anybody who sort of uh, you know wants a free Powerball ticket that has listened to this podcast, we'll make it work and we'll give you one. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, another bonus to our listeners. So thank you very much, Tony. Wish you all the best and excited to see how the, your story unfolds. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye, everyone. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.